0: Welcome, everyone. This is Peter Vantine at First Love Ministries, and we're so glad that you're back with us to continue to hear about how God values you. I just want to take a quick moment to remind you that you can follow these podcasts on our website at www.firstlovedministries.org. You can also partner with us there in a variety of ways, from subscribing to our e-newsletter, supporting us financially, or following us on Facebook and Twitter. We hope these podcasts are blessing you. And as we hear from Mark today, I pray that Jesus' love will abound in your heart and that you'll hear him speak to you. Here's Mark. Today, I want to do the third part of the sharing I've been doing with you, focusing on the parables in Luke chapter 15 the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the last time was talking about the two sons and. Most of all, we focused on the fact that the point of the parable, a father who had two sons, was that neither of the sons really understood why they were loved. And Jesus' point was that they were loved first and foremost by the father simply because they were his. Well, I want to finish out looking at that parable, just sharing a little bit out of my own story again, where Here in this situation, you have these two sons and they think that the father would love them, would value them based on their own merit, whether they've earned it or deserved it or not. And we know that's especially true where the younger son, you know the story, and he says, I am unworthy to be called your son. Make me a hired hand. And even the older son who says, I've slaved for you all these years and I've never disobeyed your orders, that in both cases they have judged themselves, they have evaluated themselves, and in the one case, the one son arrives at the conclusion, I am unworthy of your love, and the older son arrives at the conclusion, look, I've been worthy, and you haven't done anything. You haven't done anything for me, you haven't given me anything. And in both cases, the bottom line is is that the sons judge themselves, evaluate themselves, and depending on how they come out, worthy or unworthy then they feel pride or shame, and then they're focusing on especially then what they deserve or don't deserve. That's a problem all of us struggle with all the time, where we evaluate ourselves against some sort of standard. And in this case, both sons had a certain standard for what's the ideal son. Well, we all have standards of some kind by which we evaluate ourselves and More often than not, we come up short, and so we feel shame and we feel undeserving. Two wonderful Catholic brothers, Henri Nouwen and Brennan Manning, at different times said this about self-hatred, self-rejection, where we've evaluated ourselves and we've come up short and filled with shame and self-hatred. Henri Nouwen said, self-rejection, self-hatred is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life. Because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us the beloved. Again, the idea is that we're listening to our voice, our assessment, our judgment, our conclusion, which is often promoting self-rejection, self-hatred. And Henri Nouwen says the greatest enemy of the spiritual life is self-rejection because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us the beloved. Likewise, Brennan Manning said, self-hatred is the dominant malaise, crippling Christians and stifling their growth in the Holy Spirit. Well, that was certainly true of me. I have struggled for a very long time with this self-assessment, self-judging, and actually it's one of the main teachings in our First Love materials that we call it Overcoming the Measuring Stick Mindset. But anyway, what I wanted to share with you today is just one of my times of processing this. And the first one is where I was out by myself, so I didn't have anybody to process with. I was across on the West Coast. I had done a first love to love weekend, and I'm sitting in the airport, and I thought, well, this would be a good time to let the Lord love me through words. So I went to one of my favorites, this Luke fifteen twenty passage, and I started to write listening to the Lord. And I wrote, Mark, when I see you, and then I stopped and I said, Lord, I can't even hear you. I'm so focused on how I see me. And then I wrote, I was too long, too much, too scattered, too loud, undisciplined, maybe a little offensive. I must be more certain about the text. I need to study harder. I just think, Lord, that I stink at this. That I just can't measure up to the presenter I think I should be. I want to be short, tight, articulate, masterful, and intellectually impressive. How's that for a standard? That I had this ideal idea of what the ideal presenter would be. The ideal me as a presenter. (laughs) Somebody pointed out one day, sounds a lot like your dad. And in fact, he is a lot of those things and does it very well. But in the moment, I'm feeling a ton of shame, and I'm feeling discouraged, and that's the only way I can see me. And of course, the whole Luke 15:20 says, when you get up and come to me, and I see you, and I just couldn't think or pay any attention to how he saw me, it was how I saw me. Well, then, as I'm sitting there, I wrote, I'm also feeling, Lord, so much shame and self-hatred for being so irresponsible about getting gigs and how this will cost our family. I also feel bad about not trusting better. So I found lots of other things to judge and evaluate myself, and I'm sitting in the airport starting to feel pretty low. But finally I transition. I say, Father, help me now to listen to you and receive what you have to say. So as I sat there, pen in hand, journal on my lap, I wrote the first thing that came to my mind, which was, Mark, sit with me, son. What are you fearing? And I thought, what do you mean, what am I fearing? I'm telling you, I'm full of shame and self-hatred. And I really did. I said, Lord, what do you mean? What am I fearing? I don't think I'm afraid of anything. But as I sat there and kind of reflected and pondered, I wrote, you know what, Lord, I am afraid. I'm afraid you'll take this ministry away because of all my complaining and disqualifying statements that you lose patience with me. And I just sat there and went, wow, I, I am afraid. And I do think that he's going to judge me the same way and that I'm going to come up short and he'll find somebody else. Well, then I sat there and said, well, Lord, what's your response? To which I believed he said, and so I just began to write what came to mind. And he says, Mark, if I loved the disciples and washed their feet, loved them to the end, Son, you're normal. I remember you are dust. I know who you are, and I'm not surprised. I fully knew what I was getting when I chose you. In fact, I specifically chose you from the irregular section. And I'm not trying you out. And if I find that you come up short, I'll discard you. No, I chose you, and I will not reject you. All I want is that you would keep growing and learning, but stop despising who you are and where you are. I will equip you with everything good for doing my will and I will work in you. What is pleasing to me? And I want you to be pleased too. I hope you will be pleased, but I won't make you be pleased. And I just like, wow, God, that's unbelievable. And then I wrote, Lord, you seem easy to please sometimes, (laughs) but it's so cool that you take pleasure and that you find pleasure in me, in us. And then I wrote, I do. You do bring me great pleasure, son. And then I finished by saying, Lord, how can you find pleasure in something or someone so imperfect? But yet what a deeply enriching, pleasurable feeling, knowing that you imagining your face filled with pleasure. Thank you, Lord, so much. I love you. And I wrote, lastly, I love you back. I was so blown away at how he saw me and how he could speak into my soul and how I couldn't have been more wrong about my assessment of me. And I've hung on to this for years and I periodically go back and reread it and especially remember that he says, Mark, I know what I was getting. In fact, I specifically went to the irregular section. Well, at various times, we do this exercise called the synonym-antonym exercise, which is really something I'll talk about more at another time. But it's simply taking some of the key words that are in a scripture and looking up synonyms and antonyms so that the actual word of scripture can actually pop out and become uh, fuller or richer. And I just want to finish out by sharing a couple of these with you where it's also very interesting where different times I've done that with the exact same verse, but sometimes it's slightly different because of where I'm at. And, and so you'll see in both of these that it still reflects a lot of my self-rejection and my self-hatred and the Lord trying to speak to that. And, and so I really want to, I'm not going to put my name in it today. I, I want to do this for you. I want Some of you that are listening today that may be struggling with some of the same thing, I want you to hear from the Lord now. Hear Him talk to you about how He sees you. My son, my daughter, sometimes you stay a long way off from me because of how you see you. You withdraw and hide from me because you think that when I see you, I will treat you as you treat yourself, condemning, critical, critical disgusted or disappointed in you, but I am not you. When I see you, oh, and I see it all, the good, the bad, strengths, weaknesses, imperfections, failures, I don't feel disgust, disappointment, or anger. No, I'm filled, not just feel, but I am filled, filled to complete capacity with compassion for you filled with kindness and tenderness and mercy and that's why I run to you not walk not wait but sprint to you to reach you to connect with you to throw my arms around you and kiss you see in this case it was really about how I was seeing myself and now letting the Lord just speak into my soul I hope you felt him speak into yours so one more Beloved son, beloved daughter, I know you've sinned and feel shame. I know you feel unworthy to come to me. But get up. Get up and come to me. Draw near to me, your Father. You have no reason to retreat or withdraw. And don't be afraid. For while you are still a long way off and I see you, I notice that it's you, I fix my eyes on you. And you see I've been scanning the horizon waiting longing hoping you would come And now that you are here No no know, know that you need not fear and I would ever ignore or disregard you that somehow I would overlook you or not notice you No know my heart swells until it is filled to the point of saturation with compassion for you My kindness, tenderness, and mercy, oh, they overflow for you and to you. You see, the truth is, when you come to me, I don't wait for you to arrive. I run, sprint, bolt to you and fling my arms around you with the strongest embrace and then kiss you, kiss you, and kiss you again with all my love and affection oh I just pray that you would receive this into your own heart today Lord we thank you you are awesome